0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Summer School Electronics. Summer School Electronics is a pedal company from Syracuse, New York, making incredible stuff. There are a few summer school devices knocking around the shred shed, and I can tell you from personal experience, they sound great, they hold up, and Mark is a super cool dude. The first pedal i saw from them was the science fair which is a parallel classic drive and distortion and now they've released a new parallel concept called the class reunion the class reunion takes a 90s muff style circuit and combines it with their trash panda which is like a soft clipping high gain amp in a box style circuit and it is a super super versatile combination with all kinds of clipping options parallel blending It's really, really rad, a really cool idea, and I think you should check it out. So go over to SummerschoolElectronics.com, that's SummerschoolElectronics.com, and check them out today. Good afternoon, good morning, good night, good whatever it is, wherever you listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. You know I appreciate it. I say that every week because I do mean it. There are a ton of things you could be doing right now with your time, and the fact that you're choosing to spend them with me, honestly, it means a lot. So thank you very much. And with respect to that time, I don't have too much to plug at the top of this little episode here. Well, it's not little. It's actually, you know, slightly longer than normal. But it's a really good episode, and I've been wanting to get this one to you for a long time. So I will keep the plugging to a minimum, like I said, and keep it to a simple message of, if you're planning on buying any gear, please consider using the affiliate links we have attached to this podcast. If you could buy something from ToneMob.com slash Reverb or ToneMob.com slash Sweetwater, if you're planning on using either of those entities, it would help out tremendously. Especially Sweetwater, they are extremely generous with the amount they are able to share, and anything you can do through that link would help out a lot. So if you have anything you're looking at that is available on Sweetwater.com, please go to ToneMob.com Sweetwater and do all your shopping through there. You'll see a bunch of recommended stuff that pops up, that's stuff that I personally recommend. You don't have to buy that stuff. Just go through that link and go through your normal checkout process, and it will get credited. So, easy stuff. All right. Without further ado, let's get into this episode with my dude, Dylan. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally, sometimes. I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today I have Dylan McCurchie from Dylan Pickups and Dylan Talks Tone. What's going on, dude? Hey, man. Been looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. This is long overdue. We should have done this a long time ago. (laughs) I agree. You have been doing guitar content-based stuff for longer than I have, I think. When did you get started? Let's talk about the whole story. How would you get started playing and uh, what made you start doing what you do now?
1: Well, I started playing when I was six years old, something like that. My dad is a jazz guitarist, and we had a guitar store when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I was wrapping up cables and working in the studio and playing when I was a little kid. So all growing up, um, I probably spent more time learning about sound than I did actually playing, and I think as we were growing up, Like my dad kind of got out of the music business when he had a family and he's like, you don't want to end up being a drug riddled junkie. So don't play music on the road. And that kind of (laughs) drove me to be more technical about what I learned about music. So I kind of went down the sitting on the other side of the desk side and less performing. So I did play and tour and play in bands and stuff, but not for a living um i actually have a crazy story i started my first business when i was 17 and this is my ninth business i've like started them and sold them and started them and passed them on and stuff and Mm -hmm. um my my living before this was i was in the power sports industry designing dirt bike parts okay and i got hurt real bad i broke my back in four places three ribs shoulder blade um, they gave me a 3% chance to walk. So like, I'm super grateful to even be here. Um, and not long after that, I started a cell phone repair company. That was holding other thing. I sold that. Um, but a buddy of mine from the dirt bike industry called me one day and he's like, Hey, I'm making guitar parts, uh, wiring kits and stuff. And he said, there's a guitar company that needs pickups and. What do you think about making them? And I had dabbled in it a lot, you know, dabbled in that stuff a lot. I'd built some wah pedals. I'd done some other stuff. And I was like, yeah, let me give it a shot. So I made him a set and he loved them. And then he bought stuff for me for a few years. And then I kind of, that was probably in the, maybe 2012, something like that. And I Mm -hmm. knew right away, because 2012 was, YouTube was just starting to do a thing. And in my previous business, that was all e-commerce, but that was before YouTube was invented. And I, I, so I knew we had to do something. So I started the YouTube channel, I think we've been doing it almost seven years and almost as long as making pickups, knowing that those two things, the content creation and the product together would would work. And so that's kind of how it all started. Mm-hmm. And at first, we were building parts for like other guitar builders, like I would build you know if you needed five sets of something for you know a guitar or whatever i would that you were building, I would make those for you but ninety nine percent of the time it turned into retail, and then of course, now it's ninety percent retail mm-hmm,
0: yeah, you had a really good insight into the fact that. Content is going to be an extremely important part of your business in a way that I don't think very many people, even right now, still understand. Which is kind of amazing, considering everything that's happened in the internet age. I I still run into people constantly that have consumer-facing brands that don't understand that that is a key piece of the puzzle. It doesn't all have to be the same. It all doesn't always have to be the owner. But you do need to have content as some portion of what you you do if you are a consumer facing company. To me, and uh, I think Earthquaker Devices is kind of a good, you know, example of that because Jamie and Julie aren't in every video; they're not in most of the videos, but they still have content as part of their strategy. Um, did you see that in other industries that you'd worked in, or what made you realize that that? That's going to be an important piece of trying to make this thing go.
1: Um, I so I'm a car guy. Mm-hmm. Everybody Me thinks too. I'm. Everybody thinks I'm a, guita- a guitar nerd, but if I like guitars like this much, mm-hmm. I like cars and motorcycles like this. much. <laughs> People don't realize that guitars are probably a small percentage of what occupies the time in my brain, mm-hmm. and so I knew that watching how car companies were starting to utilize content and um it, but then also not just doing and watching other people I didn't want to just do demos and push gear like I knew I wanted to help people and I figured if I could uh I don't want to say become an authority because that sounds stupid because that's not right. what it is but it's like everybody knows that a better informed consumer is a better consumer and they end up being a better customer and a more long-term customer. So I knew that, Oh, if, if we gave them something like some sort of knowledge that they would love that and keep coming back. And that's, I knew that. So partially it was a marketing strategy. Partially it was because I want to be nice and I want to do things for people. You know, Um, I have a, theory and it comes from all the way back in the dirt bike days is that and I've said this before people that are familiar with my channel here have heard me say it but is that a guitar player or anybody in any kind of hobby right they only have a, a finite amount of money they can spend on that hobby per month and that varies for people you know some people might only be able to spend 20 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever it is And they also have, a because they're busy, they also have a finite amount of time that they can spend on that hobby. So you might only be able to play for 10 or 15 minutes a day because you have kids or you have a job or whatever. My job is to make sure that that money and that time is the best spent so that you can have the most fun in that little time. Mm -hmm. So if I can, with my YouTube channel, make it to where you waste less money on stuff you don't need, buy the right stuff, make the right purchasing decisions um, and gain knowledge for a future. And then the products that we make are no nonsense, just better than I've won. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I wanted. That's that was kind of the goal. Right.
0: Yeah, that's a very similar approach that we've taken, you know, with the Stringjoy stuff. It's just like we want people to know has, so for so long people have not talked about things in the way that Scott does it's just kind of like well this is better why is it better cuz it is like okay okay what is you know what does that what does that mean and uh, it feels like that industry or that sector of the industry is like one of the last pieces where that's acceptable i think that's sort of went away in pedals it's sort of went away in pickups and i say sort of cuz there's always outliers but Uh, I think in general, people kind of know like Mojo isn't really real, even though it kind of feels like it when you play a real great vintage thing, you know, but it's not really real. It's just kind of something we project. And uh, I'm not saying I don't fall, I I shouldn't say victim because I enjoy it, but that's not like I don't like old, cool things, you know, just because they're old and cool. That's fine. But I kind of know that, that there's not, magical fairy dust in most things. And I think most people who watch your channel or listen to this podcast know that too.
1: You know, It's funny you bring that up. We were talking about this last night on our live stream. The, the title of last night's live stream was like making guitar playing fun again. And the whole premise behind that was the downfall to my channel being 800 videos in or whatever is we've gotten so nerdy right that that it's like why do you play guitar in the first place is it like to be right when you talk about it with your friends or on the internet or is it to actually like create stuff and like be a musician and enjoy and create and share like I, i i almost i almost feel like i want to kind of switch it up and like let's put some personality into this and have some fun and kind of get away from like this is how a capacitor works you know what I mean like I'm just kind of tired of that
0: (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's a really good point and I realized early this year and I've talked about this so many times on the podcast people are probably getting sick of it but I realized that I'm sitting here just absolutely completely totally spoiled with a place to create more gear than I know what to do with and it just had become a thing where I wasn't doing what I felt like I should be doing like I've said on the podcast before 14 year old me would be so mad you know be so upset like you have all this stuff and all you do is just like make a couple videos for YouTube with it like make songs make music do the thing that got you into this in the first place which is why I made my record earlier this year I was just like I just need to make music to make music. It doesn't matter what gear I use. It doesn't matter. Just use whatever I'm feeling at the moment and see where it takes you and just make stuff. And so now I'm just finally back in the mode of just making stuff. And I want more people to get there because I'm, as much as I do enjoy the gear side of it, just making music is what the whole point of any of this stuff is. It's the whole point.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm making a shift kind of with my channel where I want to inject more more of my personality and more of our lifestyle. Because our lifestyle is very, very unique, which we can get into in a minute, but it's very, very unique. Our circumstances are very, very unique. And I did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And so I want to share that and make that part of the creative process. Uh, the other thing is, I want to share other people's stories. So we're going to start doing some stuff like, um, well, sort of like what we did with Stringjoy, where we went and we heard Scott's story and we like did a whole tour of the shop and all that kind of stuff, and we put that on the channel. We just did one with um, Runway Audio in Nashville last week. Mm-hmm. That that video comes out this coming Monday. Uh, probably by the time you hear this, it'll already be up. Um, and I think we're going to do something with McPherson Guitars next month. Like I want to share, a, and I don't care if it's another pickup builder. I have no competitive. I don't care about that stuff. Like if it's another pickup builder, a pedal builder. Like I want to show other people's technical feats and creations and stuff. Um, And, and work in some more of our lifestyle and stuff and make it less about capacitors and pots and more about the creative process. And like when you interview a musician, what I'm going to try to do, like when I interview a musician is like, so what pedal are you using today? I don't care about that. I'm like, If there's five guitars on the wall, it's kind of the same thing but different. If there's five guitars on the wall, why do you pick that one up every time? Like, what is the inspiration? Like, Mm -hmm. what mood? You know what I mean? Like, more of the feelings of the thing. Like, that's what I want to get into. Um, Because you choose the gear based on a feeling. What's the feeling? Like, not what's the transistor and the pedal. Like, what's the feeling that that gives you? Like, how does that work? You know, like, I think it's more interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to like, that is why we got into it in the first place. Exactly. That is why we, we do all this stuff. It wasn't because of the orange drop capacitor. You know, it had <laughs> nothing to do with that.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. It, it just didn't. Uh, we got We got there eventually. And, you know, some of this stuff matters. But I think, you know, making gear about music and not music about gear... Is a challenge that all of us who are nerdy about things kind of face, you know. It's right. A, it's it's not a bad thing to be into it. It's not uh, it's not bad to care about this stuff. That's why you and I have jobs. But uh, it is something we need to recognize what the purpose really is. So I'm I'm going to be interested to see how your channel shifts in that way. That's really cool.
1: It has been interesting because we've already started to inject stuff into it, and I've already taken a hit viewer-wise because people expect this nerddom and, you know, like, it's not always that anymore. Um, but I kind of, I don't want to say I don't care, but I, I kind of don't care. Like, I, I want to share what I want to share and make the move. Um, because I also think that young kids coming up, like new guitar players, which are are my next year and next decade's clients and customers, um, aren't going to care as much. They want the social experience. And if you think about how music is being shared these days, we're, Leslie and I, my wife and I were just talking about this this morning, that you know, it used to be that a song would come out and it would be on the charts and it would be on the charts for so many weeks and it, you'd be exposed to this music and you would listen to it and you would get hooked on it. Now it's 15 seconds, 30 seconds at a time on TikTok. And -hmm. it might not even have anything to do with the music itself. It might have to do with the fact that that little piece of music uh, is associated with uh, standing on your head with an egg in your mouth. Like it has nothing, you know. (laughs) So now it's a different way that people find music. And so kind of letting all of that evolve, in my opinion, is smart too because tomorrow's today's tiktokers are tomorrow's i got to sell guitar parts to them
0: right totally. you know
1: when they grow up so um kind of learning like looking ahead and figuring out how can we appeal to younger folks and make sure that guitar doesn't die with all the boomers you know what i mean like i want <laughs> i want kids to play i want younger people to play so and a lot of people don't agree with me on that or don't see it that way but I think it'll be okay. <laughs>
0: I, I think it'll be okay too, and I also think that I, again, I, I find, I find myself repeating myself on like I talk so much on the internet. I'm sure you can relate to that, but that I don't even know <laughs> where I've said what uh, sometimes. But I, I do think this is a cyclical thing, you know. Uh, my dad played guitar, which got me interested in it initially. But the generation like in between us, there was it was like more about DJing and hip hop and things like that kind of guitar started to fade out. Then my generation came along and that was the Warp Tour explosion. All of a sudden, people, kids wanted to play guitar again. You know, that's that's my age. And then it kind of dropped off again as that fell out of fashion. And but and now we're having kids. And my sons come out here and they're like, whoa, look at all this stuff. I don't know if they're going to be interested in playing or not, but they're certainly getting that exposure. And I think that 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 is a trend that we'll see when they become teenagers, maybe not them specifically, but when their generation become teenagers, I think we're going to see a whole nother crop of players. And we have to learn how to, you know, us being the old guys, we have to learn how to communicate with them in a way that actually resonates if we want to continue doing what we're doing. So I think that's really a good thing to be paying attention to. And I know we have a lot of builders that listen to this podcast. So, you know, be thinking about that. If you want to keep selling pedals, if you want to keep selling whatever it is, be thinking about these things a little bit.
1: It's important. I agree. I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, something I try to tell folks like that, like other guitar builders and stuff is you're going on and on about tube amps and all this. But OK, so both of my I have some years on you, probably at least 10, if not more. Uh, you may not realize that, but I'm older than I think you. I OK, <laughs> um, so I am in that in-between generation. I did have turntables. That is my thing. DJ mm-hmm. Shadow is my my number one favorite record of all time is DJ Shadow Introducing from 1996. That is mm-hmm. my number one favorite record of all time. Um, I love electronic music because of that era. I, I'm you know, really in it. I also have a 21-year-old daughter. And so it's 2021, and here's something to think about. She was born in the year 2000, okay? So by the time she's eight or nine years old, and she's getting into technology, touchscreens are invented in 2000 in a phone in 2009 so she does not know a world without a touchscreen a 21-year-old right. kid person adult mm-hmm. does not know a year a, a world without a touchscreen so that means that everybody from now on is going to be thinking about how they're going to apply creativity to an ipad to a computer to a whatever they're not unless they're told to by outside influences they're not going to be told they're not going to automatically naturally think i need to go buy a tube amp i need this 1950s technology they're going to be looking at what's in front of them and what's available to them and so i'm like okay how can i apply what i do to that Mm -hmm. And, and how can i in my content not talk bad about a kid who plays an affinity into an iPad and records on GarageBand and give him a video that is useful to him because that is the future. Whether us old folks like it or not, (laughs) it it is here.
0: (laughs) Yep. Well, and the reality is that that affinity into the laptop sounds way better than anything I was playing at that age. Way better.
1: Exactly. It
0: it doesn't even compare to, like, me playing into a broken PV. you know, as nostalgic as that might be, be for me it's not it's kind of objectively worse if we're being honest we were talking sonically
1: to, we were talking about that last night like okay so let's say the average kid let, let's say a new kid is going to go get uh, a line 6 spider 5 for 110 bucks and he's going to get a squire affinity telecaster for What are they now? Like $199, and he's going to buy them off of Amazon with a $10 cable, right? Mm -hmm. And subjectively, that is the worst rig ever, and we would laugh at that. But when I was 12 years old, playing through an early 80s Japanese Stratocaster into a PV Studio Pro 40, completely solid state, and trying to sound like Eddie Van Halen and not knowing how to do it because... I was playing a single coil guitar into a solid state amp. There's no way it was possible. And I got super discouraged and I couldn't do it. But Mm -hmm. now this kid has a spider five and he can like go over to super metal mode or whatever and sound Mm -hmm. like whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't do that when we were kids.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've got a line six spider two over here and that was like kind of the start of that stuff. But even then it wasn't what it is now because like yeah, they had the modeling and you could do that. But everybody laughs at insane mode for a reason because it's not very good. You know? Right. It, it just isn't. But the new stuff, yeah. That's it's a completely different
1: ballgame. It really but, is. And to a kid, it is amazing because he can just sound huge. It doesn't even have yeah. to be good. He can right. just he can just be like oh, my gosh, I sound so metal right now. Right. Like, and, <laughs> and then he's inspired, and then he goes and picks up another record, and he goes and learns another song. Like, to me, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. I, I always say there's no, bad, there's no bad gear, really, anymore. It's like, it might not be for you, but it's for somebody. Like, that's, that was marketed for somebody. It wasn't marketed for you. That doesn't make it bad. Like, there's really, there is very little bad gear anymore. It's, you know.
0: it's very true. It's very true. There's things that may not work in particular circumstances, but by and large, even the most affordable stuff is pretty good. I, look at the Boss Katana. Mm-hmm. Everybody has that's played one is like that is a good amp. Yes, it just is. It and is does it have the mojo? I mean, I'm the I'm sitting here. I've got tube amps and oh. all the stuff. I love all that stuff, and I'm never not going to love that stuff. But you have to appreciate where things are these days, especially for someone like you is traveling in a motorhome. Yes. You know? Yes. You can get amazing sounds on the road now. You could write a whole record. Yep. With your laptop and some plugins. I've talked to people that have done it, and one of my favorite records, I was like, wow, this guitar sounds so huge. I finally talked to the guitar player on the podcast. It's from a band called If I Die First. He's like, oh, yeah, that was all in the box. Even the drums were programmed. Wow. I was like, I kind of was like, "Huh, yeah, well, uh, fine then," because <laughs> yeah. I really like that record and the guitars sound amazing. All plugins.
1: I actually so. have a tube amp right now, and I'm tossing around going back to a Kemper or something because mm-hmm. just because of the bulk of it, man. Like, yeah, you know, I have limited space. I have a right now. I'm playing um, a Marshall Origin Twenty, mm-hmm. and. The only reason I got that is because it has a DI. I never use the speaker right? because we can't because there's a motorhome right there and right there and right there and right there. So I can't really play, you know. But DI, I can play wide open into headphones and I get, get pretty good sounds with it. So I'm going go to probably go back to something else.
0: It makes me wonder sometimes because I'm, I'm obviously ridiculously spoiled, as we said before. But I built this whole shed because I became a, a huge gear junkie And I couldn't crank my tube amps in my bedroom. But like the Helix hadn't been released yet. Like it was just before all that stuff. It was like I started building this place in like 2014, somewhere in that ballpark. So at that time, a lot of the really great modeling that's out now wasn't quite as widely available or known about as it is right now. And so I was like, well, the only thing I can do is spend an obscene amount of money building this double-walled shed out in my backyard so I can crank my tube amps up at 11 o'clock at night and no one cares. But had that stuff existed, had I just waited a year, there's a good chance that I wouldn't have done that. I'm not saying that's a good thing because I really, this is like, I love it out here, (laughs) but it is also way overkill and way ridiculous for your average player. I'm just that big of a dork that I actually took the leap and did it.
1: Yeah, most people aren't going to do that, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong, if I had if I chose to live in a house, um I would have a room full of amps and I would have all the stuff. I did have all that. Um, right. And I but I just chose to sell it all and do this instead, but um partially for the channel and partially because we knew that Um, you know, my wife, this is sort of funny. My wife and my son have the same birthday and the day our son turned 18, she turned 40. Okay. And so it was like, we knew that when the kids were grown, he's the youngest. And so when the kids were grown, we're like, we're going to go do something cool before we're so old that we can't do it. Mm -hmm. So for like the last five years, We've been planning and minimizing and planning and minimizing um, to a point where we could just sell everything. And now we're running everything from here. So right. Like, right now, as I'm talking to you, like by the time this podcast comes out, I will be hundreds of miles from here. Right now, I'm in mount vernon illinois of all places it's okay i don't even know where that is (laughs) it's at the southern tip of illinois just above kentucky and the only reason we stopped here is just because it was like we go like 250 to 300 miles a week Mm -hmm. and it was just a place to stop right and so i made pickups all week and made videos all week and my wife works full-time still so she works from a computer so we just do our job and then Uh, Tomorrow we will leave here and go another 250 or 300 miles, I think, to Peoria, Illinois, and we're Mm -hmm. working our way up through. I'm going to go to Wisconsin, and then we're going to go see the guys at McPherson. Cool. So, yeah, I want to see their carbon fiber shop. Um, I have a McPherson Sable, so um, I want to see their shop and I want to see their wood shop too. So, that's very cool. You, You mentioned
0: you know you have a very unique lifestyle, obviously. You know, not everyone travels in an RV the way you do, but it's not completely unheard of, especially for more retired folks. Is it just like wanting those new experiences or is it really like, was the motivation really so you can go to these different gear places? Like, what was the big motivator to
1: take this leap? So I would say um, the first, I'll just give you an example. My wife and I have been together since 2012. 13 13 and we bought a car that spring and in that first year we put like 40,000 miles on it and the next year okay. <laughs> we had that car we had that car 3 years and we put 95,000 miles on it wow and it was a jetta diesel and the reason we did it is because we traveled we went to a concert every month that was like a, literally a goal we went to a concert every month and we went somewhere every other weekend, at least once a month, we did a road trip. And we would do probably a 1,000 miles a weekend. Wow. And we would – so we just knew that we traveled, wanted to travel. And we're like, well, I don't know. I was sitting in my driveway one day – or sitting in my office one day. And I was looking at my driveway and the trucks that I had in my driveway. And I was like, I don't need any of this. Like, we're not even, we both work from home. We're not even using any of it. Um, And so we started to minimize. And I told her, I said, once we minimize and we get down to it, we can not only travel, but it could open up opportunities for me with the business to be able to meet more people, network more stuff, do more cool content. um, And it would be good for the channel. Uh, because, contrary to popular belief, not everybody that is a YouTuber is a millionaire. So, what? No. So what?
0: This is astounding. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, uh, we still have to work, at, but, and I'm still working at building the channel. So, I'm like, well, the best we could do is just make more cool content and do more collaborations and stuff. So, mm-hmm. let's do it. Like, let's actually go and do this stuff. So, it was sort of a joint thing. Right. A a joint motivation. And so uh, we sold our house in 2019, February 29th of 2020. We bought this and moved into it right at the beginning of COVID, which totally like screwed up my entire plans because you couldn't really collaborate (laughs) with anybody or do any shop tours or anything for the first year, basically. So that kind of got screwed up a little bit. But it, it allowed us time to get into a groove. You know, now we've been living in it for a year and a half. And we've got a pretty good groove. Yeah. So uh, I think now that things are looking more optimistic, or at least I'm seeing them that way, um, now we're going to start doing some cool stuff. Nice. Nice.
0: Yeah, you and I, we have different wiring. I have a, a 1994 Chevy pickup that I've had since I was a teenager, and it has 93,000 miles on it. Oh wow. Uh, <laughs> I uh I don't I I used to drive a fair bit when I was commuting to work because it was basically I was far away from my house as you could be on the other side of Portland and still be in Portland. It was ridiculous. I had to cut through the heart of everything. But now that I've been working from home for the last what, 4 years or so, it's been I'm like I don't hardly drive at all and I don't really I'm not a road tripper. Everyone in my family is. My wife's like, I want to go on a road trip. And we did like a, I don't know, four and a half hour road trip here a few years ago. And I was just like, Ugh, I forgot I really don't like this. <laughs> I'm the only one that I know that I, my dad is trying to talk me into going on a road trip. I'm like, I don't, can we just fly there and see the thing? I, I don't know. I'm really weird like that. I realize that I'm weird. I'm the only one I know that is that way. Most people seem to like road trips. It's just not I love traveling. I love seeing new things, but I want to get there as fast as possible.
1: (laughs) The the cool thing now is we we take our house, so I don't Mm -hmm. have to use anybody's bathroom, and I don't have to sleep in anybody's bed, or I don't have to do anything like that. I can eat my own food. I don't have to eat gas station food, right? Like, that's Mm -hmm. pretty awesome. And we tow a Jeep Wrangler behind us. So when we get there, then we can go and explore, like, And fun. That's the, that's it's a different way to do the same thing in shorter stints, and it's way fun. Way you do
0: see a lot more stuff that way. Yes, yes. You see, you see a ton more than than you would if you just buzzed over everything. And you know the the flyover states, contrary to popular belief, I've been to a few of them now. They actually have some cool stuff. Everybody, you should (laughs) check them out. They're not. Yeah. They shouldn't be flyovers. Most of them, I don't think. They've got cool things in them. But uh, you're experiencing that firsthand. That's cool. You are you are the only YouTuber. I know you do other things too, but you're the only YouTuber I know that that is traveling. Um, are you doing... I feel like I remember you talking about you also have a more travel-based channel outside of the guitar one. Is that correct? Or do you just do special episodes on your, your normal channel? I can't remember how you do that.
1: So we have another channel... Uh, my wife and I together that is more of the motorhome specific content and because we started this as beginners like we'd never done it before so I just tried to document as much of it as possible and still do that Mm -hmm. video that channel only gets maybe a couple videos a month um, because I'm so we used to shoot a video for each channel every week but I decided that doing it It was dividing my attention too much. Right. And so it was financially and better for the entire brand if I just concentrate on Dylan Talks Tone. But we we put a couple of videos up over there a week or a a month and on, on the other channel. And the way we're incorporating some of what we're doing into this channel, into the Dylan Talks Tone channel, is by traveling to a place that is guitar related and talking about it and and sharing it and so that people kind of know what we're up to the other thing is is that i am also probably the only guitar gear builder living in a motorhome and making <laughs> parts and shipping parts from here every day so like one of the things we do is and I know that this is a podcast and people aren't seeing it but we like every card every set of pickups that we ship so ha- this one says handmade well in Mount Vernon Illinois well next nice. week next week it's going to say something different mm-hmm. so you're going to order pickups and you're going to get one of those in there and you're going to know where it was made but it might be some random place because we're always on the move so nice. I know that I'm the only person doing that too so I wanted to kind of well, my buddy Anthony at Lucky Dog Guitars in Tennessee, he's like, "Dude, nobody knows this. You need to start telling people cuz it's weird and special and cool." He's like, "Talk about that." So, mm-hmm. I've started talking about it more.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's a I think that's a really interesting angle just because like you said, most people aren't doing that, you know? Um which reminds me, pickup specifically, uh I'm going to be getting uh a winder here pretty soon. Um it won't be here forever, but Ken from Roadhouse Pickups, he has stu- he hasn't been winding in years and years. And he heard me talking about pickups with somebody and he hit me up and was just like, "Hey, you know anybody who would want to learn how to wind pickups?" I was like, "Maybe me?" <laughs> so that's going to be happening pretty soon. I don't know that much about it at all, but I do know that he made some of my very favorite pickups that are in my Rony Oceana. So, I'm excited to learn that process. Like, how did you get into doing that like for yourself? How did that transition? I know you started with your buddy, but eventually you're you're pretty much selling them direct, like you said 90% of the time.
1: Yeah, so um I started making them for other guitar brands, you know, like short run stuff. Basically, yeah. we didn't have any MOQ, so like if a a small guitar builder, even to this day, if a small guitar builder calls me and says, look, I only make 20 guitars a year, you know what I mean? Like, I But I want my own kind of design, blah, blah, blah. I will work with you to do that. And it, Seymour Duncan won't take the time to do that. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, it's just kind of a different thing.
0: It doesn't make any uh, sense for them, right?
1: Yeah. So that's how it started. And then when the YouTube channel started, I don't want to say to take off because we were really – We have grown very, very, very slowly. Um, It's grown very slowly. But it's been very slow and steady and cool. And as the view count, not the subscriber count, because it's still pretty low for how long we've been doing it. But as the view count continued to grow, um, we started selling more retail. And now the dylantalkstone.com, the the website that we sell through, um, our e-commerce site, is every day. I mean, it's, we sell pickups every day. Wow. Um, Yeah. We're on a two week waiting list right now, which is where about where I like to keep it. If it gets Mm -hmm. a little longer than that, I don't like to frustrate people because I have heard crazy stories about like um, boutique anything taking super forever. And oh, I waited six months for these pickups and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, if I, if I can't make it in two weeks, three tops, I will tell you and we will figure something else out. Like, I don't want you to be frustrated with me.
0: I think that's the biggest thing and most regular complaint I see about the quote-unquote boutique guitar or anything. And I'm always astounded when it's just like, you know, all you have to do most of the time is just tell them what's going on. And most people are like, okay. Yep. Almost every time. It's You run into problems when you're like, ooh, I'm running behind, can't get this part, can't get whatever. I'll just lay low here for a little bit, you know, and hopefully I can just get it out as soon as I can. Like, no, you got to communicate with your people. And, you know, in this day and age, I mean, between everything that I'm doing, both with the podcasts and with the companies I work with, I'm answering 100 messages a day probably yeah. like no no exaggeration whether it's a dm to myself uh, something with my text chat like i'm i'm easily answering 100 messages a day on average It's so i don't have a lot of sympathy for builders who are like oh i just couldn't get to it it's like mm, you can you yeah. can yeah. <laughs> it's 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 that you don't want to for some reason or you're afraid they're going to cancel their order or whatever but communication is is so huge. And it doesn't just apply to builders. I'm, I've said this many times that one of the biggest mistakes I made with the podcast was early on, I was putting out episodes really consistently. And then I was working my day job. I was working with clients. I was, you know, I had a baby on the way. I, had, I was basically working two and a half full-time jobs. And the podcast wasn't really profitable at that point. And so I had to, it had to take a back seat. But I kept thinking, oh, I'll get to it this week. And then I couldn't. Oh, I'll get to it this week. And I couldn't. Next thing I know, three months went by and I didn't publish an episode. Who knows how many people just thought I was done and never came back? You yeah. know, I've heard from other listeners that did stick around, like, oh, we thought you were done. Like, all I would have needed to do was make a really short episode and just be like, hey, uh, things are really insane right now. I promise I'm going to come back. But right now, I don't know when that's going to be. And then people would have known what to expect and not just went and found something else to listen to. I mean, they could still go find something else to listen to. But they may have checked in, may have came back, you know. I'm sure there's people that I lost during that time period that never came back. Because most, not most, well, yeah, a large majority of podcasts just up and stop. Yeah. There's millions of podcasts out there in the registry. And, like, a tiny fraction of them have published in the last 30 days.
1: Yeah. it Yeah. So,
0: What's insane to think about is my little tiny show. Like it's nothing compared to the Joe Rogans or, you know, the Mark Maron's of the world. It's nothing compared to those shows. But somehow by the numbers it's in the top 10%. Wow. That's purely through consistency. Just keep doing it. And but that communication is is so important. I still kick myself cuz I'm like I don't who knows how much further along I'd be had I just told people what was
1: going on. I've you know. had I've had to almost kind of stop looking at numbers because I would get super like for the thousands and thousands. We have like 850 videos or whatever, and I make four video productions a week right now. Wow! And so you do so live streams and other things too, right? One, two, three, yeah, four, four days a week. So, wow. um, I mean, I put a lot, a lot of work in this, and we only have like, I say only. I don't, I do not mean to sound ungrateful, but you know, you, you do it for. This is what happens in your head if you if you focus on this too much. I have 56,953 subscribers. That's great. And and, and I would have thought after seven years or whatever that I should have bajillions of subscribers, you know. And I, so, and I would get super frustrated with that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop looking at the numbers. And I'm going to focus on making friends with all 56,000 of those people. Mm-hmm. Like, it changed focus. Like... Don't worry about the numbers. I think we have 6.4 million views. So, like, there are people watching, even though they aren't subscribing, which is fine. And mm-hmm. so, that's why we started doing the live stream on Thursdays. And the live stream on Thursdays solves a couple problems for me. You get 100 messages a day. I literally could not keep up with that many. So, what I started doing was we started a Patreon. And we did the same thing on Patreon and on YouTube, the little membership thing. We just made mm-hmm. them the same, so that it was just a choice, sort of like what you're doing with your uh, podcast membership and Patreon. Like you just make them the same, so it's not confusing, and right. they can they can choose one or the other, you know, you know, or whatever. And and then that cr- cr- I don't want to say grants a little access, but it it does like. If you're having problems with something, and I don't sell the product for it, and you need some technical support or whatever, that kind of weeds out the people that don't value your time. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, and it also gives me an opportunity to like really become friends with these people. I mean, they like, it's awesome. Like, I have a bunch of people. Like, I want to go visit these people. They're super cool. You know, like right, you, totally. It, you take it to the next level with these people. It's awesome, and um, which I love and. And then on the live stream on Thursdays, that is kind of our outlet. So when I get random messages in Facebook or random messages in Instagram, I'm just like, come to the live stream on Thursday and ask your questions in the live stream. And I will go for two hours if I have to, Mm -hmm. to try to get to as many of those folks as possible. And Leslie, my wife, runs the comments for me. Like, you know, she she picks them out and you know like reads them back and stuff while we're going to keep it kind of moving and and that works really well and it gives me a more like this like we're interacting i feel like i'm interacting with the person instead of just like click 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 click, click a facebook messenger message just sound sometimes i feel so short with those people and i don't mean to be like right. you know what i mean totally and and so the the youtube thing is is more real and i i it's probably the highlight of my YouTube week, actually. I really mm-hmm. enjoy doing it.
0: Yeah, I started doing a little bit more live streaming on Instagram uh, just because like that's, that's where more of my people are. I need to do more YouTube. I like do nothing on it, and I've said this for years. I do so little, but that's why I'm doing these videos now. I actually put out to everybody. I was like, should I do videos for the podcast? Would anybody care? To me, that's not interesting content for YouTube. For for me, like I I listen to podcasts all the time, all the time, all the time, but I'm not going to sit down and watch one of these. Just being totally honest, like I I wouldn't because I can listen to it and do other things at the same time. Right, you know, but a lot of people said they wanted it, and even my wife was like, "Oh, you're going to put them on YouTube? Oh, maybe I'll actually like check them out now." <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's so silly to me, but it's just. People consume content in different ways. It doesn't have to necessarily make sense to me. And I've had to get over that mentally because the entire time that I've made any kind of content, I've always tried to make it something that I would personally like. Sometimes I maybe need to, you know, get out of my own head and be like, other people do want to watch this. They keep telling you they do. So record some of these streams, you know, and put them out there and see what happens. So I've got, four or five in the bag right now that I'm just like slowly editing as I have time. And I'm going to put them up on YouTube and see if the people really do want to watch a zoom call. (laughs) We'll see.
1: It it would blow your mind to know how many people want to watch me wind a pickup. Right. Well, that seems a lot more interesting to me. It is the most boring thing ever. (laughs) I mean, you're just sitting there and your hand is going back and forth a quarter of an inch for eight, for seven minutes at a time or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. there's to me, because I do it all day, it's the most boring thing ever. And my wife says the same thing. She's like, somebody's going to want to see that, man. Like, Mm -hmm. so we've actually started putting little clips of it on TikTok and on Instagram. And like, because new audience, you know, different from a different genre and a different uh demo and stuff and i'm like Mm -hmm. okay maybe i should and the same thing with the podcast like i thought about starting a separate podcast and so instead what we do is i strip the audio out of our live stream and i upload it i just Mm -hmm. upload it to anchor so it's like super simple i don't put a ton of time into it but and it gets a ton of listens and i'm like oh (laughs) okay (laughs) like okay (laughs) maybe i should pay attention (laughs)
0: Right. Yeah, that's, like, it's not always about us, right? Just, right. <laughs> people like to, there are millions and millions of people who will sit around, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but this is just how I view it. They will sit around and watch people play video games. I will never do that. No. I'm, I'm not interested in watching people play video, play video games. I, I could play a video game. I'm not a big gamer, but I understand wanting to play one. Totally get that. But watching others play it, yeah, like snooze fest. But there are millions of people who love that. That's a huge industry.
1: The flip side of that, though, is going back to my original mission statement for my channel, is that there is some dude, and again, not to everybody is good at something, and I'm not good at this, so I'm just going to say it this way. But somebody in a cubicle somewhere that is answering a call center call for an insurance company on a Tuesday afternoon and their boss just yelled at them is grateful for your podcast or my video on capacitors because it makes them think of something. I feel for that person and I want to help them enjoy their day better so i that's what i think about when i make this stuff like mm-hmm. i know that that person sitting in that cubicle values it and i want them to love guitar stuff and i want them to you know what i mean so when i'm looking at the lens and being like is anybody actually going to watch this right yes. <laughs> that person at that insurance company who just got yelled at by his boss is it, me and him were we're working together right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're vibing right now. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. One of the most, like, like, I, I don't know what the word would be, but one of the message I, messages I got years ago, like, that hit me the hardest, was from a guy in India. And he was like, Thanks for the podcast. Like, I really enjoy it. And, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Like, I'm not, and I'm also not trying to pat myself on the back. This just blew my mind. He was like, I ride my bike uh, back and forth to work two hours a day uh and he's like your podcast really makes that commute better. I'm like I'm just picturing some guy riding his bike for 2 hours in the Indian summer. Like mm-hmm. I'm like what okay I gotta, I had to keep going just for that guy by himself. Like yes. The, I like sometimes you know you get the burnout's real sometimes. Sometimes it's like oh boy, am I, what am I doing with my life? I should be you know rescuing children or something. Uh <laughs> but, but what? Yeah, the the ones that
1: do it it for me are the, like I just had one yesterday and it was because of your videos, I was able to buy some tools and like adjust my own action for the first time and it saved me mm -hmm. $50 or uh, uh, we've actually got a bunch of people that are learning to wind pickups. Like the video that just came out today, like an hour and a half ago was basically a desk tour to show you all the little random part tools that I use to make pickups want to have like to check that out. Yeah. I was going to mention that to you since you're a <laughs> wider because I'm opposite of a lot of people. There are no secrets with me. Uh, like, I want you to know this stuff. Like, so I'm sharing everything, not wine counts and specs and stuff like that, but you know, the, for like my brand and whatever, but like how to make all this stuff. And so like, to get a, to get an email and be like, because of your video, I took a fishing reel and made it into a winder and I made my own pick. Like, that makes my day. Yeah, that's like, super cool. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. And uh, I should also say, like, I hope I wasn't coming off as complainy earlier about my 100 messages. I actually talked about this with Kyle Gass on an episode a while back. And we were talking about a, a, attention, you know, and... He was saying, "Do I? Why do I pay attention to my Instagram comments? Why am I like diving into this at this stage in my career?" He's like, "Is it gonna make me more or less relevant?" And you know, I, I said to him, "I said, well, the thing is, like, I might be kind of tired about talking about guitar pedals, even though I love guitar pedals. You know, when you talk about the same thing all day every day, at some point, you want to talk about aliens um, or something else." Exactly, <laughs> and. And so I said, but the second I stop getting messages about guitar stuff or about in general, the second that stops, I'm going to be like, "Whoa, what happened?" Uh-oh. Like you get used to a certain level of attention and you come to appreciate it. And then when you if you don't have it for some reason, then it feels weird. And that's and that's what he said. He's like, "Oh yeah, when they stop commenting, that's when I'll care." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah. That is when we all care. You get used to a certain level of attention and um it's not that you have to have it to survive or anything, but you, you know, us as creators, we we like the feedback. It may it may get overwhelming at times and we may be, you know, maybe some of this sounded like I was complaining. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just talking about the reality of the day to day and I'm feel very fortunate to be able to do this. So, you know, that's the main thing.
1: Even the angry people. Like again, going back to the person sitting in the cubicle, like the guy that's super mad at me in the comments because he thinks I said the wrong thing about a capacitor. That's not me, man. His boss just yelled at him and he needs that video so he can smile at the end of the day. Like, I, you know, I don't even get Ben about that stuff. Like even mm-hmm. all the negative stuff. Cause it's just, they had a bad day. They need some guitar stuff, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm just such a positive person and I'm more of a build it, build it, go, go, go kind of person that I just hope that, and I'm not saying it never gets to me, but I want to be positive for those people for sure, you know? Totally, totally.
0: One thing that helped me, uh, I'm really lucky in that for whatever reason, probably because I'm not on YouTube that much, but uh, I don't get a lot of negative stuff. I get Things poke through the crazies come out once in a while and and things happen but i most of the comments i get are positive or at least like constructive and when a bad one comes through you know i i follow uh, Gary V Gary Vaynerchuk for anybody who doesn't know that he's like this online social business guy same super smart super smart um but he uh he had a thing where he was like, what about your haters? Because he gets a lot of haters because he's pretty bold, you know? And so mm-hmm. that, that tends to attract some haters. And his thing is like, if they are going to take time out of their day to leave a nasty comment on my content that I'm doing for free because I want to do it, they're probably not doing so great. They're probably in a bad place, you know, mentally, or like you said, they had a bad day or you know, they're just they just kind of angry in general, they're probably not doing that well. And you should, like, feel for them in that way. And I was like, oh, that's a lot healthier and a lot better and a lot more accurate way to view it than what I or most people would tend to do. So I think that's important for... I know there's a lot of YouTubers and uh, podcasters that listen to this as well. So, you know, this is just things that has helped me process some of this stuff because it's a weird it's a weird way to live
1: <laughs> yeah everybody is everybody's a people you know mm-hmm. that's what i always try to like tell myself that every everybody's a person uh and, and i think sometimes we forget that when we hit the key the keys on the keyboard that there is a person that's a person that you're talking yeah. to and it Everybody, you know, one of the things that will come up in a, con- everybody says on the internet all the time is like, well, that's just the way the internet is. No, the internet is a bunch of people talking to each other. That's all right. the internet. It's just a bunch of people talking to each other. So just remember it's a people. Like that. that's mm-hmm. kind of the way I, you know. So it, it, like I said, it's not, I'm not saying it doesn't ever get to me because sometimes it does. But uh, I just like creating so much that mm-hmm. I don't, really care. like right. I've almost kind of gotten to the point where if I'm in the mood to make a video about something, I'm just going to do it. Like I know that this video that comes out next Friday, nobody's going to watch it. Or whatever day. But I'm having fun making it. So, okay. And we say
0: nobody's going to watch it, but what you just said reminds me of something I used to say on this podcast a long time ago that I've, I haven't really brought up as much. But it- if you get, if you get ten people, if you get one person, if you get one download, you get one stream. But you know we tend to say like, you know like things like you just said, nobody's gonna watch this, and I said nobody's gonna watch these. You know these uh, things. That's not true though. You're right. When we say nobody, we mean that there's it's like oh this didn't do as well as it normally did, and in your case that might still mean that twelve hundred people watched it even though that's not as good as a normal video quote unquote or whatever the number is right uh, you know and sometimes i get in my head a little bit with you know some of the things i say because i look at the downloads and i look at like spotify tells you how many how much the average completion time none of the other platforms do that for some reason but spotify does and i look at my total downloads and i look at the average completion time is which is over an hour according to spotify and i'm like Oh, wow. Gets a little bit overwhelming sometimes because yeah. it's like, like you said, every one of those is a person. And like, would I be comfortable standing in front of that many people and saying, doing the same thing? I think I would at this point. But if I'd really let it get to me early on, I don't know that I would have been able to do it.
1: <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's that so weird funny. to think about. and I mean, then our- you're
0: like 56,000 subscribers and, in you know, that's not PewDiePie, but it is... It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people that went, click. I want, to, I want more of this. I want to hear from this guy.
1: It's a lot of people. 56,000 people is like six times the size of the town that I'm in right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when you yeah. really start to put 56,000 people is like the Arizona Cardinals stadium full mm-hmm. or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean like when it's you start to really think about that you're like yeah could you stand on the stage in at on the 50 yard line at the Arizona Cardinals stadium and look at all these people and be like I don't have enough subscribers. Right like, exactly. <laughs> you're you're just a jerk dude like you know what I mean and that's why I really like changed how my brain was thinking about it like no I'm going to I want to know if if I if I quote unquote only have this many I want mm-hmm. to get to know as many of them as possible while I still can, because when I have a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand, there will be no way. Mm-hmm. So take advantage of it and do it the opposite. Like take advantage of the numbers and like get to know as many of them as possible. Like connect with as many of them as possible.
0: Yeah, that's why I love the text chat that I have going on. You know, there's like well, like a hundred and fifty people on there or something like that, and I at this point can respond. Not everybody responds at once. So when I send out a message, it'll be like a link to an article I thought was interesting or some update or just I, the other day I asked for podcast suggestions. You know, like it's it's totally random. It's not always related to anything. It's just like, hey, if you want to talk to me, this is a direct line to me and I will I will be sending messages out to all of you. And people respond and I'm I'm always wondering like when I when I do send out a message, I'm like, okay, I got to set aside about an hour or so to make sure I respond to everybody because that's what I told them I was going to do. And I don't think I've missed anybody yet. I always try to respond. And it is me and my thumbs. It's an app that I use to do it, but it is me texting you from my phone. And uh, it's been super fun. Like I thought, I don't know how this is going to go, but let's try it. And it's been so rad because just like you said, get to know these people. Mm-hmm. We're sending them memes back and forth, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Like it becomes a real thing. And as it grows, will I be able to do that forever? I, I don't know at some point, probably not, but I'm going to keep doing it until I can't do it anymore. You yeah. know? And, yeah. and then I will enlist some help. You know, I'm, it's not like that's going to drop off. I'll just get some help, but for now it's me and it's a blast. What what so, podcast suggestions did you uh did you take up? Oh, there was like <laughs> there was a lot. There was a lot that I had already been listening to. I like scary stuff. So oh, okay. Uh last, last podcast on the left was a big one. I I'm already listening to that one. Uh but one I forgot about I uh, used to really like was knife point horror. And somebody suggested that. A couple of people suggested that and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. And pseudopod—that was another one I used to listen to, and I'd forgotten how good it was. So those were two reminders. Um, and then how stuff works came up a lot, which I haven't—I oh. haven't actually checked out. I know what it is, but I haven't listened to it yet. Um, Song exploder, which is great. Song exploder is fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that there were so many. There was. So, so many. I keep going back to the thread when I get like, I want a new podcast, and I'll go back in the thread and find suggestions. I got like 200 different suggestions. So, but yeah, Disgraceland, I haven't checked that out yet either. I know that's mm. supposed to be amazing, but I haven't listened to it yet. And that was highly suggested. Um, and Lore, that was the other one that people were like, you gotta listen to Lore. So, a lot of big ones that I just haven't listened to. I tend to try to find smaller podcasts because it's, I, you know, I like to support small channels and a download is a way you can do that so i try to find the smaller ones um, but some of the bigger ones are big for a reason they're just really really good so you know they deserve attention too
1: i'm a true crime guy but i I think i'm gonna have to stop with the true crime stuff because as i'm traveling i'm like holy crap i'm about to live in this town so like the joke like this podcast was in this town or whatever. So the joke is like I'll leave and my wife will be like, when are you going to be back? Like in a half an hour unless I become a podcast. Like <laughs> because, you know, it's like one's about people getting murdered in national parks. Now I've been to most of these places where <laughs> these things have happened. You're like oh, are you talking no.
0: about the missing 411 or is that what it's called? Uh, uh,
1: no, there's one called Park Predator, which is pretty good. Ooh. Yeah, okay. and that one's all about, you know, these people went camping in Yellowstone and disappeared and it blah 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 serial killer or whatever, you know. Right. Oh, uh, it's pretty good.
0: I like that kind of stuff too. I'm I'm so messed up in my head though, like I can watch like I watched people are going to be mad at me, but I watched Hereditary and I fell asleep. Really? Like, yeah. Uh I it wasn't because it wasn't good. I, I I need to go back and watch it again. Everyone's like, You're crazy. I can't believe you fell asleep in hereditary. You call yourself a horror fan. I'm like, Well, I It's not a good sign. I wasn't even like particularly exhausted, but I definitely fell asleep. And I don't usually fall asleep in movies, so I need to give it another try. Um but like horror stuff is stuff that I love but it doesn't bother me at all. Like most people are like, Ooh, I get a little nervous and I gotta can't really can't sleep afterwards and I just I just Watch the most disturbing thing and then just like a baby.
1: It, so it, I have this weird thing. <clears throat> I'm, I'm a document documentary junkie. like oh yeah, there is well, not I'm out of documentaries on Netflix, probably like literally. Um, the But when it comes to the horror stuff, um, I, I seriously have this I cannot see skin being poked, cut, or slashed. Uh, okay. so like, well, then is, I have
0: some, some movies to stay away from.
1: That is the <laughs> thing. Yeah. Shoot, getting shot, explosions, uh, James Bond, everything, you know, even, um, you know, any kind of... But, like, as soon as there is a needle, syringe going into skin, or a knife, or a sword, or I'm out. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. just... I don't mind blood. I just don't want to see the actual thing that makes it happen. It's All
0: right. A- well, I'll, I'll send you a list of things to never watch. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole list for you. Don't approach any of the, uh, uh, what they call that, that movement in the mid-2000s, like the new French extremity movement. Yeah, don't watch any of those movies. Okay. Cause, uh, you're going to have a bad time if that's, <laughs> if that's <Okay>. your thing. <laughs> that's so funny. But hey man, uh, we've been going for about an hour and okay. I have not gotten into the classic questions yet and uh, I need to do that. But before I do, I want to give you a chance to say whatever you want to say. If you've got an Aunt Gertie you want to say hello to, if you've got a recipe you want to share, or any kind of message you want to get out to a few thousand people, now is the time to do it.
1: Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. This is super of fun. Of course, Yeah, and this is a blast. I hope it's not the last time because this is. We have just scratched the surface. This is super fun. Second of all, um, I guess if I'm going to do any kind of like plugging stuff, um, just the Dylan Talks Tone thing, you can just go anywhere on the internet and Dylan Talks Tone, we're there. Um, and come be a part of the live thing on Thursdays. That is really, really fun. I really mm-hmm. love that. I just love connecting with everybody. Um my wife says that I do not sell my hard part products enough. So go to Dylan Tone and check out our pickups. Uh we haven't even talked about them, but they're awesome. And <laughs> y- you know, you'll find out if you just come hang out over at the YouTube channel and stuff. And um and also, like, if you want to know anything else about what we're doing, ask in the comment. Like, I want to do always around guitar things but i i also want to share like how we do it because this is crazy what we're doing is insane and so fun but i want to share it with others and then the other thing too is uh since you have an audience that contains folks that make things and right. are are involved in music let me know um if you want me to come see you and share your story because we don't charge anybody or anything we just show up and be like uh, and, and you'll see, like we did a, we did uh runway audio in Nashville and he's like, how are you going to make this into a whole video? Cause all you do is solder an end on a cable. Well, I did. It came out really nice. You'll see right. on Monday. <laughs> like, so even if you do something boring, but it's not necessarily boring to everybody, let me know. I'd like to come see you. So that's yeah, that. Exactly. You know, but that's the
0: thing is like it, it like you said, it, Winding a pickup's boring to you at this point. That's because you've wound however many thousand pickups. Exactly. Right. Like, but most people haven't. You know, most people haven't soldered a cable even. Most mm-hmm. people have not seen seen a string be made. Most people have not experienced these things and that's a way for them to do it. And when it's something like a guitar that you interact with all the time, like nobody knows how a string's made. Like almost almost nobody. <laughs> so like I know the first time I saw that, I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, that's the funnest
1: to- thing about doing those tours for me, like shooting those tours and doing that stuff. Yeah. Is I know I don't know that stuff. So like, right. Actually learning. St- I don't want to say actually learning stuff, but like if you ask me something about a 500k pot, I'm going to be able to tell you or show you where to get it on Google. But, like, when I go to Stringjoy, I'm like, I have never seen one of these machines before. This is the coolest thing ever. And so to be mm-hmm. super, like, genuinely excited about it with the viewer is really fun. Like, yeah. I love that. Yeah,
0: There's some new machines since you last got there. So maybe you'll have to return oh, one of these days.
1: I will have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, man. Let's get into these last few questions and we'll uh, slide over to the Patreon section. Okay. First one. What's your favorite boss
1: pedal? Uh, I knew you were going to ask me this. I was wondering what question it was going to be, and I knew you were going to ask me this. I'm going to go, because I'm... I'm old school. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go... Acoustic Simul... No. um, (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I'm going to go... DS one. Ah yeah. I love the DS one just distortion. I have one that I bought for twenty dollars many, many years ago. Two of the knobs are broken off. It's amazing. And I'm a punk. I like at 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 heart, I'm like a punk guy. So an SG into a Marshall with that thing with the gain turned down a little bit. And Mm -hmm. that's just all you need.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of the DS one. I feel like the it's so ubiquitous. I think people tend to forget how good of a distortion it actually is. Exactly. Just don't put the tone control up too high. You got to keep it, for most people, on the lower side of noon, like, you know, probably 10 o'clock or so. Otherwise, it's it's
1: flying razor blades, yeah.
0: Exactly. It's just, it's got a reputation for that, because they, What honestly, I don't know why they made it like that. But as long as you keep it dialed back, you're going to be happy. It's a good distortion. Good pull. All right, last question, and... I'm sure this is the one everybody's been dreading. This is the controversial, uh, you know, family splitting question. What is your favorite kind of pizza?
1: Uh, Okay, so (laughs) you thought it was family splitting before. (laughs) Um, I'm vegan.
0: Okay. Okay. So
1: uh, I don't eat any animal products at all. Um, So this changes for me based on where I can get a super good vegan pizza.
0: Right.
1: Right now, the latest amazing vegan pizza is a place called Two Boots Pizza in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Super good uh, because they have this cheese, this vegan cheese that they make from, I don't remember what it's made from. Anyways, uh, that they make in like in town, like it's some local thing, super good. And I want usually mushrooms, some sort of vegan pepperoni, but I also like I like all the things on it. I want like a huge salad on my pizza so I could have, you know, I could have all the vegetables and then usually some sort of vegan pepperoni thing, something like that. That's all right. And then next time you talk to me, I might give you a different one because I found a new one.
0: Well, yeah, you're not the first person with vegan lifestyle, you know, things they have to consider on the show. So it is always interesting for me because while I am definitely not vegan, I like trying new foods. I'm really a fan of trying new things. And I've found some vegan dishes that I really genuinely like. I don't like them because they're vegan. I just like them. They're just good, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's never been a better time in history, I feel like, to have dietary restraints. There's so many good options now for different things. It's
1: kind of ridiculous. I haven't eaten meat since 2005, and I will tell you that in the last five years, it's finally getting, like, where it's not super annoying and hard. Right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. We like to make things easy. All right, man. This is a lot of fun. Let's, uh, let's blast off over to Patreon.
1: Okay. All right.
0: All right, everybody. For Dylan, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. Woo! There we go. Another one off into the world. Another episode floating around and somehow landed in your ears. Isn't that weird how the internet works? That's kind of insane if you really, really think about it. Odds are you're probably like thousands of miles away from me. It's very, very, very likely that you're thousands of miles away from me if I'm basing it on the stats. Although there are a lot of Portlanders. There are a lot of Portlanders also. Wherever you are, I thank you for tuning in and would like to invite you, if you would like more content, to go over to Patreon. Because on Patreon, you will find more of my conversation with Dylan. And now I'm in the habit of saying Patreon, but I also, of course, mean... If you go to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, I've explained this a few times in previous episodes, but if you are an Apple Podcast user, you may have seen the subscribe function. It's basically the same thing. It will get you access to those bonus episodes as they're released every week directly to your Apple Podcast player. But if that's not where you listen, you can, of course, go to patreon.com and subscribe there as well. So. Check it out, and if you could, I would really appreciate that. If not, of course, I totally understand. I totally get it. But please, share this with somebody. Share this podcast with those that you care about, especially your gear buddies, because that is what keeps this thing going. The fact that people keep listening every week and keep coming back and have for years. That is the only reason that this thing works. So please, don't think that, oh... You know, this is some big enterprise. It's still just me over here blabbering. I handle everything. I handle all of the emails, all of the everything. My boy Nick from Playback Engineering helps me with editing. But other than that, this is a solo operation over here, which if you need some editing done, that is the guy to hit up. So, you know, just look him up on Instagram. Uh, Anyway, that's enough plugging for now. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in this week, and I will talk to you next time.